Welcome to JT Data Talk, your one stop shop for opinionated analysis and witty banter on data circulating the internet. Welcome. We're excited to have you today talking about a new topic that has over 100% year over year growth in social conversations out there. You know, Joe, it's funny. When I did we did the last podcast, I was playing it back and I used the A word. The, the name of that voice assistant yeah. that if you say it on the podcast, it starts trying to talk to you. So yeah. be careful, all. If you've yeah. got your voice assistants on in the background, they, <laughs> might, they might be going off on this one. We'll avoid, we'll avoid saying branded names so it's not ma- making your So they don't answer you and start talking. Um, that is voice that we're going to be talking about. So it's a growing topic, lots of content out there. And I saw some really cool stats of uh, the from the Adobe Digital Insights team that Tamara and I used to be a part of. Um, They put out some data a couple weeks ago, and the couple of stats that really stuck out to me is one in three people say they have shopped using a voice assistant, and one in five has said they have used it for reservations um, with restaurants or travel reservations, um, and even to order food. So... I think there's a lot of growing usage of it, not just for music anymore or or finding out what the weather is. And certainly it's something that's going to make its way into all of our houses. Yeah, I I found a few things very interesting. And as we're going into the holiday season, what we're we're hearing from the ADI team, the Adobe Digital Insights team, which, by the way, uh, you can find their work on CMO.com. And I just highly recommend it. I know it's the old team that we used to be on, but uh, so it may seem self-serving, but this data is really interesting and helpful if you're trying to plan for technology trends. But anyway, the the information that they said was that they projected that nearly half of all consumers would own a smart speaker by the end of this holiday season. The biggest time for getting new smart speakers is in Q4, and it's pretty much uh, Black Friday related. So we're going to see that uptake go even higher in the coming few days and there have been some conversations going on about shopping and using voice for shopping and uh, they had some data in this report what did they say about the shopping piece joe um they said that nearly one in two people is using it for research primarily and then during their shopping experience so while they're actually shopping people will um one in five people will actually purchase something while they're shopping somewhere else potentially or even just at home. Um, so primarily used for research at the moment, but I feel like it has gotten more acceptable. I feel like I see a lot of people... Um, use, they're a little less awkward about yeah, talking to themselves in the kitchen. Yeah, it's, it's not what it used to be, like Google Glass-esque. It's yeah. where people, you know, you'll see people with their AirPods in and they'll kind of be, you can tell they're either saying a text or they're searching for something or they're talking to one of their, um, you know, personal assistants on their phone. And that certainly could be a fit in a little bit with a generational shift that we talked about in, in uh, our last podcast about Gen Z. Ooh, good bridging there. Yeah. Good bridging. Go, yep. and, go and listen to that podcast yeah. if you haven't Check listened it to out. it. So what's fascinating to me about voice is how little context you have of anything. You don't have a picture. You don't have a lengthy description. You don't have reviews. It just doesn't have nearly the level of detail of information. So what that tells me is that 
if we start using voice for shopping and i haven't done that yet have you done that i have yeah a couple of times maybe you can explain to me what kinds of things you bought because what i do is i add things to my shopping list and then i go to my shopping list and i buy when i'm on my mobile device or or on my desktop right so for the most part i think i fit in a lot with this survey uh, results. I think it's 22% of people said they bought it to repurchase items ah. because how it works on if you have the Amazon device that we won't name, <laughs> um, you can just say, hey, I purchased this for me and it will kind of talk back to you and say this is what you wanted. But by default, it'll choose what it thinks you want. So it'll be the Amazon choice or it right. would be whatever you've purchased in the past. So that brings me to one of the insights that I talked about in my last year's prediction, which was that voice shopping would create a much greater need for brand awareness and brand preference. Or alternatively, brands are going to have to spend a lot of money to become the brand of choice for a generic request into a shopping agent by voice. So yeah. for example, if I just asked that smart speaker that we shall not name uh, <laughs> to buy paper towels, which one is it going to pick? It's going to pick the default setting that Amazon selected based on who paid Amazon the most money to get that default setting. So we are going to enter into a period of time where retailers are going to face the same pressure they have on Google to be at the top of the list in order to be selected, or they have to create brand preference and loyalty, which goes back to our first conversation about creating experiences. So again, we can weave it all back together with all of our <laughs> podcasts. So go back and listen to the first episode on experience business, because if you don't have that brand loyalty, you're going to have to pay for it one way or another. And that seems to me to be an interesting insight on, on voice shopping. Um, but speaking of shopping, one of the other reports that came out from the Adobe Digital Insights team had to do with online shopping. And what uh, we were expecting to see happen actually did happen. And that is we had the first $2 billion shopping day of the year, and that was over Labor Day. So on Labor Day, we hit $2.08 billion. Just a year and a half ago, a $2 billion day was something we were singing from the rooftops on, um, on our ADI reports. Now, they're common. And what's even more impressive is the year-over-year -year growth was 23.4%, probably related to the economy and how well we're doing and how much income people have to go shopping right now bodes extremely well for the upcoming holiday season. And one of the other insights that we saw uh, put out by the ADI team was that they saw a strong correlation, and we talked about correlation versus causation a couple episodes ago, but just to remind everyone, causation is good, is best. Uh, it means that something is absolutely the cause of something else. Correlation means it looks like it's the cause, may or may not be. But there's a very strong correlation between how well a retailer does on Labor Day and how well they do on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And so if you're in the stock market game, <laughs> take a look if you can get any information on who did well on Labor Day, because that is gonna tell you what you're gonna see happen 
this upcoming holiday season. Fascinating read from the ADI team. Yeah, and seeing that growth in online spending, um, I'm sure you could attribute a lot of that to voice. Uh, you could attribute a lot to mobile devices. Um, you know, we've, we've seen that um, if you don't have a good mobile experience, people will leave. And so hopefully brands have been kind of investing a little bit more into their mobile experience and trying to get people to download at that app where the experience is gonna be a lot better than the mobile web. Yeah, the other piece that they had had a lot to do with how people were getting to that sale. And once again, the social network does not represent very well. It came in at 1.2%. One of the biggest challenges with understanding how we all end up shopping online and where we go and how we choose what we want to buy is that certain types of methods like social media are very difficult to track. One of the reasons why is because it's not the last thing we do. It's maybe something along the way. We see something that was posted by a friend or perhaps an ad, but we don't click on it in social media because we're immersed in social media and we don't really want to go outside of social media to finish a buying purchase. So the biggest place was email at 30.1%, followed by direct traffic, which means that somebody just went straight to that site. Just know exactly where they're going. Yep. It, it could mean that, but it could also mean what we call dark traffic. And for those who aren't in the tracking game, who don't understand how retailers figure out where you came from, one of the difficulties in all of this tracking today is that we can't tell if you were in a Facebook mobile app and then you clicked on something out of a mobile app and went into a shopping page. It's very difficult. It, it just shows as if it didn't have any quote-unquote referral source. From app to browser. App yeah. to browser. Very difficult. The other thing that's going on in terms of tracking is, um, and you mentioned this in the last podcast, GDPR. So GDPR is the German Data Privacy Regulations, which one of the studies that we're going to do, and we're going to do a podcast on this in a little while, has to do with all of those agree to our terms buttons that we're seeing nowadays. You may not realize it, but because of a regulation that went in in Germany, we now have to click agree, 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 agree on every mobile app, every website over and over and over again. And it has become very disruptive in my opinion to the experience, but we're gonna do some research to see how disruptive other people think it is. So that's what's happening in the world of retail. Very exciting stuff coming out of the ADI team for the holiday season. So we'll probably be covering that in future podcasts. And I could see, uh, you know, I could see this voice movement kind of going back to that, incorporating a lot with video in that you're seeing a lot more people, you know, Amazon came out with obviously those video devices that you can now use uh, as an extra screen. But there's also social media like Marco Polo. Have you seen this at all? No. So Marco Polo is this new network that's kind of exploding. Um, but it's essentially video, which Snapchat has has kind of revolutionized, but it stays there. So you can actually like go back and review past video texts that you send. Um, so you create friends and uh, you know, it's mostly a way to connect individually with people. So like I've 
a lot of people will set up family Marco Polo groups where they kind of go back and forth and stay connected with video or it's a little bit more personal and, and endearing um, versus even just a text or a phone call. And so you always know all the <laughs> scoop about social media. Yeah. I still cannot understand Snapchat. I really I don't get it. I keep trying to use it and think this doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. Yeah. So Marco Polo. OK, yeah, Marco well, I'm going to go check that one out. You know what I do love is to be able to get in early enough so that I can actually get my name as my username. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so you heard it here, folks. Marco yep. Polo. Try go check Marco it out. Polo. It's tied to your phone number. And then you just connect with people, send them an invite, and you're going. Well, awesome. Okay. Well, one of the last things that I wanted to talk about, which fits in both with social and email, is uh, during the trends research that I did in February of this year, I asked 1,500 consumers about where they ideally would prefer to find out about a new product or service. And let me take you back to a conversation I was having with some interns last summer uh, who are the gen- Generation Z slash crafters slash iGen or whatever we're going to call it, but they're the youngest generation. And I was trying to explain the concept of advertising. And I started my career in ad agency, uh, Ogilvy & Mather, down in Los Angeles a long time ago. I won't go into how long. But what, what I told them was, well, the, the thing about advertising is that if you find out about something that you're truly interested in, then it's actually good that people like it. And I gave the example of Brides Magazine. People used to buy Brides Magazine, which was more than 60% ads with pictures of different wedding dresses and accessories and all of that. Women would buy that and they would enjoy the ads because they were relevant. And there might be a similar Example in PC Magazine, which was also more ads than editorial back in the day. I know I'm dating myself. But what I said to them was, well, you, you need to know about your new, new products in the categories that you're interested in. So advertising can play a, a very good role. Please don't consider it to be evil just because it's not well, well targeted. If it were well targeted, it'd be okay. And they said to me, you know, nope, I still don't want it. I still don't want advertising even if it's relevant to me. And I thought, uh-oh, well, what does that mean? What it means is that they want to find out from influencers and from their peers. And what, so that led me to a question. And that question was, what are the top three ways that you would want to find out about a new product or service? So this will not surprise you based on my preamble here, but every age category, every single one picked in person from a friend as number one. And we were talking about email, we're talking about social media, and it turns out that that is not really how people want to find out about things. Going back to the importance of loyalty and retention and net promoter score, which is the number of people who will promote your product or service, all of that is going to be so much more important than the traditional advertisement. Um, The other area where people said that they wanted to get information was online uh, from a journalist. So in the world of journalism, yeah, some credibility. So for example, your CNET reviews, your consumer reports, things like that, that are more viewed as independent, although I'm not sure if they really are, but uh, they're viewed as more independent. 
Um, and beyond that, um, the youngest category actually said podcaster for, uh, it came in about six. So I'll just throw that in there since we're doing a podcast. Uh, the, the final things that I wanted to put out there is that email, broadcast ads, online video ads, social media ads, paid search, which by the way, paid search was one of the lowest. And it's one of the most commonly used, but it's one of the lowest that they desire to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just kind of says we haven't done a good enough job of creating brand awareness in the first place. I feel dirty about using, using paid search. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> online display ads, print ads, email ads. Email ads scored by far the lowest. Um, and email actually was okay, but it was better for those in the older target groups than the younger ones. So there's some information here on uh, which ways people want to get access to product information and learn about it. And I will put that out uh, so that you can see what different channels there are. Because as we go into the shopping season, we need to figure out how to draw people to either our retail places or there's a lot of other things going on in in the holiday season, which we don't even ever talk about. One of them is travel, the biggest travel day of the year, which by the way, if you haven't bought your Thanksgiving travel tickets, you're already too late. It's going to, prices keep going up. Uh, The other thing is uh, media. There's lots of movies. There's lots of events and concerts and Christmas time sort of events. So there's a lot going on commerce-wise in Q4. And back to the prediction, it does seem like we're going to have a very good consumer uh, confidence for Q4. Yeah, and it sets the ground for Q1, which is people are optimistic and excited about the new year, and, and that provides a great opportunity to get more loyal customers if you create the right experience in Q4. So podcast three is in the books. books. Thank you all for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Share your thoughts and data you find interesting on our Slack channel, JNT Data Talk. And follow us on Twitter at at Tamara G and at Joe D. Marty.